welcome everybody to Discovery Podcast tonight. Looking forward to uh, ready to share with us uh, uh, open-mindedness. Uh, open-mindedness is the ability to be receptive to new ideas and relate in ways to other people. Um, Ray, you want to go ahead and share us uh, op- the power of open-mindedness tonight? Sure. Uh, thanks for that introduction. Um, when I was thinking about something that I could share on that I've got a uh, unique experience with, or at least I attribute a lot of the growth that I've made to open-mindedness. I know in past podcasts I, I spoke on that at great length. So <clears throat> it's something that I would like to share. And I feel that if more people would consider this uh, this area of their life, that it could open up doors to their growth and challenges that they may be going through. Um, I feel that in the beginning, when I met you, Paul, that a lot of, uh, looking back on it especially, I didn't put much thought into it at the time, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have been as receptive or even open to not being receptive cuz some of the ideas you shared in the beginning I wasn't as accepting of initially but I was open to the possibility of not liking something per se initially but that there could still be truth in it or something that could be uh, learned or, you know, taken in and adopted into my way of seeing the world or, you know, my, my belief system. And I don't really know where that, where that came from, aside from just a basic curiosity about life, about how the mind works, about, um, you know, our purpose here, on on earth and our, you know, and the future, my future, destiny. And I I realized, you know, with dealing with people and their unique struggles that a lot of people are very fixed on one way of seeing things and doing things and one approach to challenges or to dealing with people and it's very hard to to take in any new information from that perspective. And what we tend to do, especially with it working alongside of, you know, this closed mindedness or using closed mindedness as a tool, it will, uh, it's good at bending everything that's coming in to its will per se. And, uh, when we're closed-minded and we're not in an open, curious state of mind, it, it can tend to bend everything that we're listening to or seeing to its agenda. Um, whatever closed-minded belief or view we have, we'll tend to warp everything around that to support that and that only. And being open doesn't mean enjoying everything that you hear and see 
or agreeing with everything you hear and see. And I think that that's what holds a lot of people back is the uh, is a, a sort of defensiveness and feeling that, well, if I open up to this idea, there's no telling where it could lead. You know, I might find myself doing things I didn't agree with or believe in something that I didn't want to believe. But uh, we've got to realize that it's two separate things to be open to an idea and then to take in that idea as our own and uh, add it to our belief system or our outlook, our perspective on the world. So in like anything else, like riding a bike for the first time or anything that, that we do uh, when we're unfamiliar with it, it just takes getting used to. So being open to an idea or to a different perspective it, it may be hard to navigate at first, but I believe it's something that it just takes, uh, you know, taking a chance, taking a chance to hear someone out, to be open to their perspective and, and having the belief or developing the belief that because you listen or hear someone's perspective doesn't mean you have to agree. And I think that's a, a big challenge that people have is they, they feel that if they share an idea and I we spoke on this a few podcasts back um, I think it was the acceptance and one of the things Bill spoke on was um, people not being uh, they, they they fear sharing their ideas because they feel that people may disagree and I'm big on beliefs and belief systems. I think they rule most of our behavior and how we interact with the world. And the belief that if my idea is a good idea, then without doubt, everyone would agree with it. And the most people believe the opposite to be true is that if my idea is bad, then the person, you know, the person I'm sharing it with won't agree with it. They'll reject my idea. And that means that they're rejecting me as a person. And, you know, that reflects my worth and value and, you know, importance as a human being. And that's just from one perspective could be made true, but there, I believe there's, there's more to it. And it's just a belief that I have is that, there, people come from all different backgrounds. Um, I, a kind of corny, but uh, you know, in simple example, I always say like uh, someone who comes from two totally different climates, like uh, Africa, may wear a lot less clothing because to survive, they they literally, you know, adapt to that climate and wear what allows them to uh, breathe and and to. Um, endure that that hot those hotter climates but if someone from that environment was to go to antarctica or alaska you know they it's kind of how we deal with people is we we say why would you do that you know it doesn't make any sense to me and who i you know from the standpoint of who i am and where i've come from so why would anyone else do it because people develop who they are and their, and their belief systems and perspectives based on who they are and where they've come from and what they've been in, uh, influenced by or introduced to or pre pre-programmed conditioning. So 
from that standpoint, not everyone is going to agree with what you have to say or what the conclusions you've come to, and it doesn't have as much bearing on who you are and your worth or the worth of your idea as it may seem. And that's because initially I believe that it's because it doesn't feel good initially. It doesn't. And I think that's also driven by very much our belief because when you change your belief system, it doesn't seem to have as much of an effect, but I would be lying if I said that it, it feels great to be disagreed with. It, it doesn't necessarily, and it does have a, a sense of uh, abrasiveness to it or it may catch you off guard or make you feel not as great if someone, as if someone uh, totally agreed with your idea and supported it and, you know, cheered you on. But um, it's kind of like taking the good with the bad in a sense or, you know, being able to embrace when people agree knowing that sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's not even a hundred percent genuine. So someone could agree and they're just trying to get your, um, uh, win your favor, you know, or get you on, on their side or, you know, whatever the case might be. And same with when they disagree, it could be because they're just jealous of you and they can't allow themselves to, uh, side with you on anything. So for one, there's not always a hundred percent truth to someone's agree, agreeing or disagreeing with you, but that it's okay if they do or don't believe what you have to say, or if it doesn't apply to them and who they are and what they've gone through. And that's one foundation I believe to having an open mind because from that standpoint, you can kind of see that there's lots of truth and untruths to everything. And you really, you, you can't discover which is which and what is special for you if you're not open-minded to it. If you're not coming from, t coming uh, to it with a neutral frame of mind. And, um, there's lots of reasons. I think ego is a big, is another big, uh, hindrance to having an open mind is we, we, uh, a lot of, a lot of us have a fragile ego and, and self image and it's something to be addressed and to work on if that's where we're coming from. But that's a, a major, uh, will certainly set us back in our path to having an open mind because, uh, when we have a fragile or a weakened ego, we have to build it up at all costs. And so the re the way that that blocks us having an open mind is that it's hard to be open or to, to be in a neutral frame of mind. If we have to build up everything that we've come to believe in order to sustain our ego and to keep ourselves feeling inflated. And that if anything challenges that, we become defensive and overreactive. And it's, uh, it's interesting because with truth being all around us and wisdom being all around us, knowledge being all around us, what people tend to do in that, in that mindset is to combat and to fight all the things that could help them to grow 
and to help them to gain more insight and knowledge and wisdom and growth. So from that, from that standpoint of, you know, having to uphold this inflated ego and having to take defense towards anything that isn't in alignment with, like we just talked about, uh, the, uh, your belief system and that being unique to you and your environment that you grew up in. Um, if we're always fighting everything that's not in alignment with that, there's a lot of truth and a lot of things that we're, we're totally disregarding. And, uh, I've always thought that to be interesting that people, um, like if someone's trying to help them, and they may be giving constructive criticism or they may be offering another way to look at something, but that person takes it defensively. And so they're, they're essentially saying, uh, don't help me um, because I have another need to attend to right now, which is my ego or my uh, <clears throat> feeling or my self-image or all these different things that we try to uphold in spite of or in total disregard of true growth or finding truth or finding uh, solutions to what we might be going through. But going back to open-mindedness in general and in terms of uh, growth, I don't think that I could have, I could have gotten as far as I have, um, and overcome so many of the things that I'd gone through and that shaped the way I was thinking and the way I was living my life. If I wasn't initially as curious and open-minded and I say curious because I think that's more of a, I guess a little bit easier to pinpoint um, curiosity just in general uh, having a curious, I can't think of a synonym for it, but just, having a curious mind, being uh, open to seeing what's what's there. Someone's talking to you to, to be open to what it is that not only they're saying, but that they're showing you through their body language or through their tone of voice or through their facial expressions or through other details and things that you may know about that person, but being curious as to who they are and what they're trying to tell you and uh, what this means for you in your life and, and what, what, uh, not to say, uh, or the universe or God may try what message he may be trying to send you through this person or circumstance. To me, it's something that I don't feel that I've, I've ever had to cultivate. Um, I've always just been curious, but I think that sometimes people uh, wear a lot of things, but sometimes we only focus on certain areas. So we're all curious, but maybe our ego overrides it. In that moment, we're curious, but we don't want to hear anything that doesn't uh, feed our ego that we've been, uh, or this cloud we've been riding on, you know? So I, I think that, if anything, this is a suggestion to experiment with uh, tapping into that curiosity. If you've 
lost it to an extent or to become aware or to take inventory of whether there's other things in your life that are crowding your capability to allow your your curiosity to to flow a little bit and it's very understandable coming you know from uh that the standpoint like i spoke about in the beginning that uh well if i'm open then people will take advantage and you know how will i know what to believe and what not to believe and that may be more a subject of faith um and not only a higher power but also yourself that you may not always know what's right or what's wrong but you know what feels right to you that's something that we all can pretty much agree on that we know when something feels good to us and feels right to us uh, based on who we are and what we believe and we know when something feels totally wrong and that I think even through the mistakes in our lives we grow closer to who we are and our true wisdom whenever we follow that instinct to, to some degree so when we follow that path of what we feel right about and what we feel in alignment with, even if it's not the best for us in the broader spectrum, because in essence, if we were all doing everything that was the best for us at all times, we, wh why are we going through the challenge of life that sharpens our, you know, sword or makes us our strongest version of ourselves? If we were already our strongest version of ourselves, then we would do everything that we that's best for us at, in every given moment. And we would have really have no place in this this uh uh universe I, I believe each and every one of us are going through our evolution here and we're becoming our uh highest version or expression of ourselves so that kind of is totally against having already been your highest version of yourselves which is the only only way you would do everything perfectly the first time every time so uh, but I believe that doing or, or or being open to and following that instinct through the path of what feels right what feels good to you based on your beliefs and your morals and values you don't always have to know for a hundred percent sure whether it's going to turn out spectacular or that uh, all the stars align and you look back and say that was the best decision I've I'd ever made in my life, but they lead to a better version of yourself. Even if in the moment it may not have been the best, you know, you might look back and say, ah, I wish I did it the other way, but you learn something valuable that helps shape who you grow, you know, the person you grow into and, how you learn and discover who you truly are. So then that, that's just to, 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 sh to give, I guess, a piece of advice or guidance to the person who is thinking initially, well, you know, no one can be that open because then how do you, uh, battle all these differences in the world and all these, um, uh, choices 
and uh, how do we decide, you know, which is which is the best choice or the best decision. And like I said, again, it's faith in who you are and your ability to determine what's best for you and then also in, in God or a higher power than, than yourself to to not only support you in the moment, but to, to support the, the, the system that we're born into. You know, that God created life and that he didn't make, he wasn't gambling, you know, or he wasn't, uh, this wasn't a mistake that the way the life that we were born into was on purpose and that not only ourselves, but all of existence is by design and that even in the moment, if you're unsure, you're still very much uh, on track, I guess is the best way I, that I can put it. So, I mean, that, to me, it helps me to, and, and it has helped me to grow even more open-minded to uh, different things in life. And um, But most importantly, and I, I, always, I always speak on uh, a mentor, the power of having a mentor. I think the word maybe turns people away and they, they feel that mentor means only one thing, uh, having someone tell you what to do or how to do everything, you know, do things. And, um, I think most people reject that because they feel that I don't need anyone to, to tell me how to do things. And, you know, uh, that would mean I'm, I'm not capable of figuring it out on my own. And there goes the ego again. And, uh, we tend to, to fight with that, but I think that there's only, I was explaining it to a friend the other day that we're in a, a bubble to an extent as far as our mindset and our um, perspective of the world. Everything's coming through a filter uh, based on who we are, or where we've been, what we've seen, the environment we grew up in, and that it's physically impossible to go outside of that, but so far without another perspective that isn't who you are and hasn't gone through what you went through and shaped you to be and to think the way that you think. Um, even when we read a book, we're, we're being exposed to something outside of uh, who we are or the perspective we have and how we were raised and things of that nature. But even still, it's a book that we chose from within that perspective. So it's like we're very much in a closed loop as we try to move through life on our own and try to figure out everything ourselves. We can figure out everything, but only everything that we think we're supposed to figure out and that that's very, very limited. And um, there's many forms of mentor. Uh, It could be a parent. It could be a grandparent, uh, a teacher at school and, and things like that. Some of us don't come across a family member or a teacher that that takes on that role in such a prominent uh, way in our lives. And I, I just, I believe that so many miss that, that key 
the key in that in having that person that that different perspective than your own who's committed to your growth as much as you are and you said that in the beginning and i've i'll always remember that uh paul that uh you can only you can only take me as far as i'm willing to go and and in essence that's something i struggle with myself is uh sometimes wishing that i can um fix someone's problem and in reality i can only be there as a a, a signpost or a, a guide in a sense but you can't pick someone up and carry them to the to their destination no matter how bad you you'd like to and i think that's the struggle i have especially with growing so much in such a short period of time uh, that most people don't in their entire lifetime travel so far from where they originally was in mind, body, or spirit. And sometimes that belief that it's possible, it's just you just want to just pick someone up and take them uh, and put them down in a better place. And you can't, you can, it's not possible, you know. And um, But to have someone that is as co- committed as you're willing to invest and that can, they can, uh, tap into the things that you're not going to see from that, the perspective that you're in. And then to be willing to navigate that process with you, whether you call them a mentor or whether it's a parent or whatever form or shape that they take is something that's so integral in self-development that I, I think so many people that just don't understand the the gravity to that, the weight to that. And uh, that I, I do strongly believe that there's only so far you can go on your own. And it's a very small glass ceiling or short glass ceiling. It's, it's can't really see it. And we tend to continue pushing thinking that, you know, if I just do it, I just, I just hadn't done it the right way yet. I, I got to go read this book or I got to take this approach or I got to sign up with this religion or whatever. But in some fashion, we believe that we're capable of unlocking our, our highest self and we, we don't exist in a void. So in, in that sense, we, there's nothing that we can do. And I had to learn that on my own, you know, uh, not on my own, but over time that there's nothing we do without someone else, you know, that everything in life is dependent on the interconnectedness with other beings and other things in the universe. So that's just something that I wanted to uh, touch base on because I believe that it's related to uh, open-mindedness for sure, because those two things, being open-minded allowed me to take a lot of what you shared and to integrate it into who I am. A lot of who I am today uh, became so by being open to what you, you were sharing and deciding what parts in the moment I was ready for or that I believed or that I, you know, agreed with or felt right to me and 
adopting them into who I am and how I think and how I live my life. And uh, so without those two, because uh, you could be open-minded, but not, uh, or maybe you couldn't be open-minded, but not open to uh, uh, other people. I, I guess they go hand in hand, but open-minded in and of itself doesn't do you any good if you don't have anyone that you're open to, you know, and uh, you can be open-minded to ideas and look them up on the internet until you, you know, blew in the face. But I think a major part of my growth was having a mentor, having someone uh, committed to my growth as much as I had been on this journey. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, I probably could talk forever on it. And I think it's so very important and it, it just, uh, it's, I'm passionate about it because I, I believe that it stops so many people in, in their tracks, one or the other, you know, having, because some people have great people in their lives, they're just not open to any other idea but their own. And some people are very open because I, I'd like to think that I was, uh, I just didn't have a, a mentor. And um, I think that's something else too, is that, uh, at least from my perspective, that in regards to being open-minded and to having a mentor that you, and I think it can relate to other things in life is that you push yourself as far as you can handle, uh, from one in, in one gear before you can move on to the next gear. And I relate that to, in the beginning, I'd read every book I could possibly read. I, ch I tried everything that I could try on my own. Uh, I pretty, it become clear to me that I can only go, but so far on my own. And it seemed, uh, I, I don't even, honestly, I'm not sure if I even had that realization, but I know looking back on it, that I had truly gone as far as I could have gone on my own. The rest would have just been spinning wheels and going in circles. I think I'd spent some time actually spinning wheels and going in circles, trying to get further than I'd already gotten on my own. And I believe that was the universe's uh, way of taking me to the next level that we ever met in the way that we did. And I see that with a lot of people they that I suggest, you know, finding a mentor or talking to you. But in the back of my mind, I know that they haven't even started the journey on their own. They haven't pushed themselves to the max. They hadn't tried to uncover every answer or any answer that could, you know, move them forward. Uh, and that I think that those two, uh, those things are interrelated in a sense that having a mentor is vital, but being ready for that in the sense that you've tried, you, you have to become convinced. And we was talking about that earlier, uh, me and you, Paul, that that hope is interesting to me that, uh, that hope tends, hope is a great thing, but it tends to, to hold us back in some ways in the, in the sense that, uh, just like when, how so many of life's, uh, 
gifts come from uh, challenge or through some level of discomfort. Many of most of us that have accomplished anything uh, worthwhile, we know that there's a level of we had to be be okay with uh, being uncomfortable. Whatever it is that we went through, it took some some struggle. It took some. Uh, it was a challenge. It's part of what makes the accomplishment worth it. But so many people still have the hope that, especially when they come up against or, you know, come to realize the challenge that they're facing and the discomfort that it would cause, and then they have that hope in the back of their mind that there's an easier way, and that you know, if I just keep looking, you know, I'm miserable now not having accomplished anything that I set out to. But if I just stick in there a little bit longer, I know or I hope that there a way will present itself that it won't cause any discomfort and it won't be any struggle or difficulty whatsoever. And I still get everything that I want. And it's, um, I think, the same with um, having a mentor, you know, is that... Uh, they have the hope still that, you know, I don't really need anyone to come in and help me do anything. You know, at the end of the day, last thing I want is someone to say, you know, they're the reason why I accomplished anything or, you know, you know what? I, I still have the hope that I can figure this all out on my own. And I think that, um, sometimes you, you, your only way through that is to try everything on your own and realize that that doesn't get you but so far. Um, and, you know, so I think the two go together and curiosity, having, cultivating a curiosity, your curiosity, because I believe we all have curiosity, but maybe tapping back into that and allowing that to drive uh, an open mind as uh, a basis for everything that you do and then developing the belief that it's okay if you're open-minded to something and then you don't agree with it. That's perfectly fine. And uh, Or if you're sharing something from an open mind and someone else doesn't agree with it, that that's, that's perfectly safe and okay. And that if you trust your inner compass and trust in a higher power that you will always be moving forward even if at moments it doesn't it doesn't seem like it Ray thank you for sharing uh, let me ask you one thing in the in the journey of your self-discovery in the past eight years what does the word trust have to do with that journey that you've accomplished so much in in the past eight years? Um, I think trust trust has a lot to do with it. Um, but I can't say that I always trusted you. Um, because initially I, I had no way to know that I could maybe I tr- I trusted the process. Um, it just, I just thought about being in Brazil and, uh, you know, all by myself 
And I don't really know what I'm trusting in those moments. <laughs> Maybe it's it's God, you know, that uh, that things will turn out as they should. Um, or just trusting my my gut, you know, because in the beginning, I didn't have many reasons to trust anyone, you know. Uh, so why I would trust a stranger that, you know, came and introduced himself and uh, asked if I would be interested in uh, making some extra money to help move. I, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I, I, th I think maybe it had more to do with uh, curiosity because curiosity can get you in trouble, you know? Um, so they said curiosity killed the cat. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I just was more curious about what you you had to say um and the trust factor wasn't as much a part of the decision making process initially but I do know that over time I developed trust uh, for you and your intentions and your knowledge and wisdom I think most people have the the issue that they don't even trust themselves to start with and I don't I don't know that you could trust anyone else if you don't trust yourself first you, you got to trust that you're you have the the judgment to decide who is worth trusting and like I said I, I think some of that has come from that on my journey is the trusting that I can figure out what's right and what's wrong. Even if I don't know initially, I can go into a situation. I have no idea uh, what's right and what's wrong, but through observing it for a while and uh, maybe asking some questions about, you know, what's involved in this, this certain, this scenario or this situation, it won't take me long to, to kind of come to a good conclusion on, whether it's, you know, right or wrong for me. And I, maybe that's what has helped me to develop a more broad perspective of, of those things is because uh, being open-minded kind of helps me to realize that it, something may be right for me and wrong for someone else and that I am not only capable but am the only one truly capable of knowing what's right for me. Um, and that's why I always say that you're so good at uh, being a mentor and doing what you do because you don't always just tell someone what you think is the best thing that they should do. You're a master at asking the questions that lead to self-discovery. And uh, through that, I, I've learned that you know, because yeah, I think that leads to that difficulty that, well, what if I, how do I know what's right or what's wrong? Only you could know that, you know, that, that you're, it's uh, kind of built into who you are, you know, that be, that's the criteria. That's the prerequisite, you know, is being you. If you're you, then you know. Um, at least what's right for you, you know, you know what's, 
what feels right, and that's where it starts. Um, and that doesn't mean, like, for instance, drugs typically feels right probably to anyone who's just tries them, but we know that it isn't. So it's not always just what feels right, you know, getting drunk every night feels feels great, you know, so I must do it. But we know, and especially based on what we want out of life, because if we don't want much, then maybe that's not the worst thing for that person because they don't want anything. Um, but most of us want some basic some basic things like security. We want peace. We want to be of service to others, especially those that we care about. Uh, and we know on a deeper level, if not on you know right out in the open, that doing certain things will greatly jeopardize being able to fulfill those needs. So even so, I guess feeling good. Uh, needed, I guess, that ex- explanation because there's a lot of things that feels good that are horrible for us, but only we know if that fits in with who we desire to to become, and you know what's best based on those uh, who we who we believe that we are and and where we're you know headed in life. In your eight years in this journey of self-discovery, what would you say has been the biggest obstacle when it comes to trust and open-mindedness with yourself or with me or anybody else? Maybe trust uh, in another self because uh, curiosity may have, you know, in and of its, you know, trust in myself, yes, and in others. Um, and like I said, I, I think a lot of these things are working together or against each other, depending on the balance that, that, you know, we're at in these things. But, you know, curiosity may have pushed me forward sometimes where I lacked in trust. And even though I may have been curious, doesn't mean that I was going to just do everything that I was told or, uh, believe everything that I heard. But in time, it's it's like curiosity got me through the door, and then I developed more trust for you, myself, and others over time. And I think a lot of that trust comes from the understanding that we're not. I I, I had an issue with being a perfectionist for so long, and it's I've learned that there's no such thing. You know that we're just not we're we're not perfect, you know, um, especially not to everyone. We're, we're only perfect to a certain. I, I guess it's the perfect imperfection, because from the perspective that we are, um, there's multiple things going on within us and within the world at one time. That no thing could be perfect to every based on every criteria but that existence in and of itself is perfectly fine that way. Um, But learning through understanding that, I learned to be able to trust myself and trust in others a lot more because uh, 
you know, even within myself, I know that I don't have to be perfect in order to be worthy. I don't have to be perfect in order to be uh, competent. You know, I don't have to be, and I, I think that's what I used to think in the past, that if I'm not perfect and if I can always find an, another flaw in myself, then what am I, what good am I, you know, and how could I ever hope to make a solid decision or have my best interest when every time I turn around, there's something that isn't right about me or there's something that I just failed to do in the way that I, that I thought I should have been able to do. But over time and through working through a lot of the different struggles and the obstacles that, you know, uh, built up over time and was holding me back, I was able to see more clearly that there's just so much going on and that it's finding the balance in all those things that's worth striving for. But perfection, I mean, to who and for what? You know, it's it's like uh, it's something that it's it's too it's too black and white for a colorful world. You know that um, we we can strive to be our best or do our best and become our best, but to be the best at everything all the time and to be perfect and do everything right based on one linear uh way of thinking is it's like a, I, I think a lot of these that's why i i always go back to the belief systems and we've worked on this and talked about this many times and i, I see the power in it because uh, a lot of these understandings or realizations become belief systems and then they drive our behavior so I can uh, move with so much more uh, confidence and trust in myself and others just from the belief system that there's no such thing as perfect. You know, it, it's something very fragile, that concept. It, it's just it uh, dissolves and fades away in the face of true reality. And from that standpoint, I'm not captivated or I'm not in uh, captivity based on that flimsy mindset, you know, that belief that that's something attainable that I should be, why am I always making these mistakes or why couldn't I have done that this way? Or why not do that this, that way? And that beating ourselves up, based on that unrealistic realistic expectation tends to uh, cause us to become paralyzed. And in many ways, we don't, we, we, we stop striving to do any better because if we can't do everything exactly the way we thought we should have, then why do anything at all? And so a lot of that came from being open-minded. And I think that's, going back to balance is that we, I think we all have to find where we're at and work with it in order to find more of a balance. I spoke on open-mindedness because I think that's, and you know, open-minded being a, a deriving from curiosity. 
because that's just where I, I was at. Um, I've always just been curious. I don't know why. That's sometimes when I talk about my growth and things like that, I'm like the one thing I can't really explain is just why I've always been so curious. I didn't decide to do that. There's a lot of things I decided to develop, like trust, um, like discipline, like uh, patience, and but curiosity, I didn't, at least not to my knowledge, didn't decide to, to cultivate that. But somebody might have be, you know, very strong in, in trust, and they just need to decide to tap into their curiosity more and allow that to lead them to more of an open mind so that they can absorb more uh, information and life experience with which to develop themselves more into their, you know, their best, the best version of themselves. And so just finding that balance, but we're all in many different ways, more towards one side in this area, more towards the other side in that area happen to be more balanced for one reason or another in uh, another area. And I think that we, we all have to, that's why awareness is key because you can't really work to smooth those things out if you're not aware of where you fall in any of those areas. Um, but curiosity, because I'm, I'm thinking as I'm saying that, that you've got to be curious as to what's going on within to even become aware of those things. So it's something very important, I think, to any level of self-development and that if nothing else if if you entertain that idea for a moment of uh tapping into your natural curiosity and feeling safe enough to explore that even if it's you know uh having faith taking a chance um and allow yourself to go down that path long enough to see where it, what it becomes and what things may unfold, uh, that that would be what I would, you know, give to anyone listening or to share with anyone listening is become more curious if you're not already. And if there's things that may be blocking that, become curious about that, become interested in what, what may be stopping you from being open-minded because I, I think open-minded is something that uh, we can give ourselves credit for or pat ourselves on the back. You know, if we, yeah, I've ma managed to become such an open-minded individual, but curiosity is really just, uh, I, I don't think we can help that uh, in a sense, I, at least from my perspective, uh, I, like I said, I never, I never had to um, make myself more, more curious. It's, it's like being a. Uh, hmm, how compared to, like, like uh, to me, like, uh, like an ice cream, you know, vanilla ice cream. I don't have to decide or develop that trait. I can't really help it, you know. It's just, I like what I like. It's kind of like curiosity. 
I'm just curious. I'm just curious about everything. So uh, that led to a lot of discoveries and, and becoming aware of many things. And then, you know, being able to, to then go in and develop areas that I, I think needed improvement. Um, and maybe there's other, there's not, not even maybe, of course, there's other ways, there's other strategies, there's other, someone could talk tomorrow on how uh, fortitude was there, just being strong in the face of any obstacle, no matter what, that they weren't really curious, they just were incredibly determined and just had a fight in them it, at a young age they fought everything and it got them got them into trouble but in the long run it led to them becoming more patient and reserved and then curious and then aware and then you know started a path of development that that took them from where they'd been most of their life to where they wanted to be um but mine has always been curiosity and open-mindedness um, I don't think that I would have gotten anywhere near where I where I've gotten or overcome half of what I what I have if I hadn't been open minded. You know, if I was caught up in who I thought I was, and it was like, hey, I don't need nobody really to. I've read all these books and I've learned all this stuff. I mean, it's not much anyone else could, could tell me. Then then I no telling where I would be. Well, there's no re question or reservations that anybody could could uh, think of when it comes to your progress and to your eight years of self-discovery. You have, like I've told you and many people, uh, not just 100%, but to me a 1,000%. You have grown and developed. Like when I first started with you, I said to you, if you could see yourself through my eyes, you would see an entirely different person. You remember that, right? Mm hmm And uh, you have definitely uh, become the person that I've always uh, felt that you were potentially able to become. And you're just tip of the iceberg. You know, just imagine mm -hmm. all of the, the, uh, the future. And for the rest of your life, what you able to accomplish, you know. So, no, I love really, to hear that. Really, <laughs> tip of really the iceberg. <laughs> tip of the iceberg. Just imagine that you just hit the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. and, I almost got discouraged, yeah. and you said that I'd be, I'd become the uh, person you saw. I'm like, ah, that means it's, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Not, that means not by we've arrived. <laughs> no, yeah, not by a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But thank you. That uh, I really enjoyed that uh, uh, sharing tonight. And uh, is there anything else that you want to uh, share before we uh, go on with the program? Nope. Anything else? Uh, be another podcast. <laughs> okay, John. Thank you. Thank you very much for your sharing tonight and, and enhancing us with all that uh, 
uh, accomplishments that you've uh, came through. Thanks again. Not a problem. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you. Jody, um, curiosity. Uh, how did that uh, apply to your life in the past uh, year? Um, curiosity and um, open-minded. You know, those are big things. Wanting to learn new things and, you know, the hardest thing about, I guess, starting or this important part is, you know, being open to new things and not having like all those past program conditioning and all that thing, those ideas that I thought were true and, you know, being able to look at it a different way. And Ray said, um, talked about a mentor a lot, you know, and I think someone to propose new ideas for you to be curious about things, you know, we say you don't know what you don't know. And with those new ideas, someone can put them out there, but you have to want to, you know, be open-mindedness to be able to do those things and be able to uh, be willing to try new things. And a lot of times we don't like change, you know, Ray said, you know, it doesn't feel good. And learning new things about yourself sometimes doesn't feel good. And anything that's not normal tends to kind of take people outside their comfort zone. And one of the things Paul always said is like, you know, when you're going to do something or you're not sure, just do the opposite. And I think that's one of those being open-minded to try new ideas to, you know, at least be open to it, try it out, see it, kind of give it a fair shot again. And instead of just saying like, Oh, I already, I don't like that. I've already decided. And, you know, a lot of those who I thought I was like Ray talked about, that was really a strong part of who I thought I was and those preconceived notions and all those things that just, I wasn't really open not that I wasn't open to change. I just didn't know that I could change it. I didn't know it was, I was like, just kind of accepted it to be true without, you know, questioning it. And I heard this uh, saying a while back, it said contempt prior to investigation will keep someone in everlasting ignorance. And, you know, without, with just making a judgment on something without actually looking into it further without, you know, trying to gain more knowledge having that curiosity to learn more about it and you know you're just gonna you're not really gonna get anywhere and I think that's a big part in like my journey and my growth and being willing to do and try new things and I think that has helped out immensely in my journey. Jody what would you say in the past year has has been your biggest obstacle to overcome? Um, I think a lot of the things I, I mentioned, like different hobbies and different habits, like a lot of the things you just do on a regular basis that, um, you kind of do without thinking about it. Those, those are kind of things that I've been looking at and kind of changing and it, it requires you to be aware all the time and looking at things, you know, from a, a real objective standpoint where um, you can kind of 
be willing to change those things because it's real easy to be like, well, this is the easier thing. I've been doing this my whole life, but it might be a little beneficial or it might be, you know, at least get me in the habit of change by doing something different. So I think just being, I guess, reevaluating different things that I was looking at and different ways that I thought about things in general, I think was a big obstacle. Well, thank you very much for, you know, sharing your, your, uh, um, obstacles and everything that you've accomplished so far in the past year. Um, anything else you'd like to share before we uh, go to someone else? That's it. Thanks. Thank you, Jetty. Appreciate it. Bill, um, what would you say would has been your uh, main obstacle in the past year of a uh, of a uh, journey of self discovery? <laughs> uh, do you think we should take an intermission break before I start talking? <laughs> well, uh, you know, thinking about everything Ray talked about uh, brought me back all the way to the, well, well, fifteen months ago. Uh, you know, being closed-minded towards uh, the way my marriage was. Uh, basically, we were both closed-minded. We weren't moving anywhere. We were just, you know, doing the daily life routines. But then, uh, all of a sudden, when I when I fasted for those six days, which that's an open-minded discovery for myself just alone because you know how I love to eat steak and baked potatoes and my um, my potato skins but to fast for six days and come to clarity and uh, you now have my time with uh, God uh, you know, I look back on it now I think a lot of that was more for me than it was for uh, my marriage because uh now I look at it, uh, you know, you look at open-mindedness and the, uh, uh, the receptiveness to open-mindedness. You know, when you came into my life, Paul, uh, you know, 15 months ago, I was very receptive. I was hungry. I wanted, I needed the change because, you know, I'm someone who went to church every, every Sunday, was praising God, but there was always something missing, and I didn't know what it was. And then looking at it, it was more... I was missing myself because if I look at uh, the growth I've had in the last 15 months, it's yes, uh, I was praying for the open-mindedness of my spouse, and uh, you know, the being receptive to this change and everything that we've gone through. But uh, now, being on the backside of it. I look at it as okay. I have to be receptive to the end of uh, of this marriage and uh, the open mindedness of that. But I've discovered far much more of myself and my self worth through this entire time, whether it was with both of us or recently with just me. But um, I see that uh, you know. Things happen for a reason. And, it, you know, like Ray was talking about, you always look for that hope. 
And of course I was looking for that hope because your ego doesn't want you to lose something that you're comfortable with or somebody you love um, based off of, you know, certain circumstances. But, uh, you know, I've had to have an open mind to realize that, okay, my life is going to be changing. And it's been a hard road, but as it continues on, um, it gets easier. You know, uh, Ray was talking about different things, and Jody was talking about it, the different routines and hobbies. Uh, I still haven't truly discovered all those. I've, I've immersed myself in, in books and YouTube videos on motivation, and you know, I listened to one last night about from an admiral in a commencement speech at University of Texas back in 2014 where he said the first thing, you know, one of the things you should do each day when you get up, get yourself in the right frame of mind and make your bed. But if you think about it, in retrospect, sure, you get up, you make your bed, you've already accomplished one task if you've already made your bed. So pushing forward to have a positive outlook for your entire day you know, when you get task-oriented that you need to do things, just as in improving your life, making your bed the first time in the morning, you've already completed one task. And then you go down the list of each thing that you need to do that day. And, uh, you know, you've done that with me. You know, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. Um, but And sometimes, yes, <laughs> I'm not open-minded to what you want me to do or uh, some of the... Uh, ideas that you you shed for me during uh you know my struggle with my relationship uh those things were very hard to um you know accept but looking back at the last 15 months i see a totally different me versus when i first met you and then now to see i have such an open mind now towards the future to see um, what my, you know, my dreams are starting to, you know, cultivate on um, what I'd like to do or where I want to go. You know, uh, I'm definitely, since Ray's talked about Curacao, I'm going to Curacao. You know, but there are so many things out there that, uh, you know, the world, the world is in the palm of your hand if you keep an open mind and you're receptive to the change that, life has for each of us so boy that's it in a nutshell because i don't want to uh, i don't want to go on i could but that uh really in the last 15 months that's that's probably where i'm at well, i really enjoyed the uh sharing with, with uh, you and and everybody else and uh looking forward to uh, uh next thursday night at 7 30 uh the number to call in is 515-604-9530, access code 655-145. And I really enjoyed each and every one of your uh, journeys that you've uh, uh, been through and looking forward to, uh, to going beneath that tip of the iceberg, as uh, Ray has mentioned, uh, you know, in his sharing tonight. Thank each and every one of you, and look forward for all of you and more. Share the uh, podcast next week to as many people as you can, and we will see you next Thursday, 730.
That's 515-604-9530. Access code 655-145. Thank you.